0: On today's episode of The Talent Cast, I blame everything on Ben Gledhill. Everything. All of it. Yes, you, Ben. You. This is your fault. We'll be right back. Howdy. Welcome to The Talent Cast, where we talk about the new world of talent acquisition and recruitment marketing. I am always, am your host, James Ellis. Uh, I was bitten by a radioactive recruiter once and discovered I had strange new powers and thus we are here. This podcast is not sponsored or supported by anyone whatsoever. We've instituted a 100% no pitching rule. We're here to learn, teach, and discuss so we can all become better recruitment marketing thinkers. I'm not here to sell you anything. If you like this podcast, and I really hope you do, tell the world on LinkedIn and Twitter and any other place you're professionally social. I'm pretty sure your friends don't care. Uh, You can always review us on iTunes or Google Play. We really appreciate that. Uh, As always, if you have comments, questions, topic suggestions, if you would like me to discuss uh, your particular problem, if you know someone I should interview, reach out to me on the Twitter. It's The War for Talent. That's right, The War for Talent. Or just go to our website. We're at the TheTalentCast thetalentcast.com thetalentcast.com otherwise here we go hope you enjoy Howdy. Yeah, so here's a situation. Um, Second cup of coffee's already been drunk. This is going to be a fun one. I'm standing up, walking around the house, speaking, and I'm speaking because of Ben. Ben Glidhill. Hey, how you doing? I know he listens. Hey, Ben. Um, uh, He asked me a question. We were bouncing some stuff around. He asked me, I know he's got a project that he's in the middle of, and he asked me, what are the best career sites? He wants to, and God bless him, and you know, I love thinking like this. He's got a project where he's trying to make a career site, so step one is to figure out what all the best ones are and either steal what you can, and I'm reading between the lines, or come up with something even better. He is setting the bar really high, and I love that. Man, I love, love, love that. However, I didn't have a good answer for him. He asked me what the best career sites were, what my favorites were, and I had no answer, none. I think career sites are pretty bad. And not. And mm, let me rephrase. Career sites are fine. Career sites are fine. Career sites are, are 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 the parsley of your you know your standard process. You have to have them. They make the you know everything else kind of now parsley is a bad example. By the way, I don't script any of this. Can you tell? Career sites are the things you got to have. They're due diligence. They're table stakes. They're the stuff you got to do to get the thing you want. No one really thinks career sites are interesting or sexy, and I think there's a reason for that. And we're going to talk about that because I really think career sites are dumb. I really think. All the time you spend thinking about your career site could be better applied a lot of other places and we're going to talk about where we, we could be applying that thinking. So yeah, okay, so I've tipped over the apple cart, so to speak, and I've told you your career site is dumb and I've told you that it doesn't make any sense and it's not very helpful and it's true. Let's be fair, it's true. Let us look at a couple of typical, and you have to segment because you can't treat all applicants the same, a couple of types of candidates. One, entry level people. I always use my sister hey Mona she, you're not listening um, as this example she's 25 now uh, happy birthday a month ago yeah a month ago um, and I saw her do this she got to she lived in our house for two months while uh, my daughter Amelia was born and she was kind of helping nanny while she was escaping college and figuring out what the heck to do with her life here in Chicago and so she slept in our house for two, two months and I watched her go through this process and this was a couple years ago but it's still true. She graduated from a good school, University of Wisconsin-Madison. Go Badgers. I'm not one of you, but I'm an honorary one of you, and if you listen, you know why. Um, uh, You know, she had a history degree. She had no real job experience other than working for the dormitory system, so she was a resident assistant or she was a person who yelled at people to keep it down and occasionally would call the cops if you were drinking or in trouble. Uh, That was her only job. She didn't have... Much else beyond a very basic degree, not a bad degree, not a, you know, it's not a Stanford uh, uh, computer science degree, certainly, but it's, it was a history degree. She likes history. She likes to read. She likes to do research, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know, that's what, that's who she was. And the thing is, is that she was like about, Oh, let's be fair. And for those of you not in the States, this is college, so this is effectively the end of your educational process. You are now effectively an adult. You're 22 years old. You should know how to go get a job, except we never teach anyone how to do that. Anywho. Uh, So she's looking for a job, so she's clicking apply on anything that says entry level, anything that sounds remotely like what she can do. And she would come to me and say, I don't know what I can apply for because I have no skills. I know how to use Word and I know how to use the internet. And her resume was pretty sad. It was like every other entry level where it says knows how to use email. Um, Stop doing that, by the way. Uh, And she was just working on the law of big numbers. Apply, 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 apply. Now, was she going from career site to career site to apply? No. No. That would be dumb. This is Chicago. This is the third largest city in the, in the U.S. There are, oh, conservatively, uh, let's call it 200,000 businesses in this, in this in the Chicago Metroplex, Chicagoland area, right? 200,000 businesses. Not all of them are hiring. Not all of them have career sites. Some of them are small mom and pops. Some of them are massive. Some of them are Boeing. <laughs> there's, there's a pretty good spectrum, right? Um, she didn't go from career site to career site. Where'd she go? She went to Indeed. She went to one or two other job boards, and she just hit apply, 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 apply. She was looking at aggregators to find the jobs. She did not care, really, about your employer brand. She did not care about, um, I don't know, your benefits. She needed a job. Frankly, if you paid her minimum wage to do whatever, she'd show up with bells on. She, like every other college graduate, just needed the first step. They needed the first step in, and they didn't care what it came from. They didn't care what it did. If it involved filing and occasionally swatting flies, well, gosh, I guess that's what the job is. Of course, she ended up with a call center job. All right, no big. Everybody had them. I had one a long, long time ago. That's, that's that's segment 1. People who just need a job, entry level. Let's say you have a little more skill than that. Let's say you do have a computer science degree from Stanford. Let's say your graduate prog- your, uh, your graduating project was a small little startup that actually Facebook expressed interest in. I don't know, could you be a better prospect? Okay, great. That's a different thing. You're not hitting apply apply apply. But at that point, if you're that good, people are coming to you. Okay, an employer brand matters, but why would you go to why would that person ever go to the career site? Okay. Let's skip ahead. Let's skip ahead to someone who's 30. They've had five or 10 years of experience. They've done some stuff. They've gotten good at something or pretty good at something. They're interested in something. Are they going to your career site? Why would they? Career sites are not... Destinations. They've never been destinations. We treat them like destinations, but they're not. There's very little on them. On the off chance that you have a career site that you've actually packed full of content, it's content you can—you should find everywhere else. Why would you hide it on your career site? That makes no sense. Um, and information's out there. And why would she find you? What path would lead her to your career site? That's the thing I don't think anybody talks about. They don't understand how do people get to your career site. What they do is they find the job first. Now let's move forward. You're no longer 30. You're 40. You're really good at something. You're really, really good. at. And frankly, this could be anybody who's really good at something. You don't go trolling career sites, no. What you do when you're in the process of looking for a job is you keep your ears open and eyes open, I guess and you listen for what people say, and you listen to news, and you listen to stories, and you listen to people say nice things or negative things, you don't go trolling glass door on career sites. Why would you do that? You have better things to do. If you're really good at your job, guess what you're doing? Guess what you're spending your time doing? Getting better at your job. That's what you want. That's what they want. They're not singing around and swing by career sites. It doesn't matter. Career sites really don't matter. In the end, I'm going to get here. Here's the example I used to use a lot, not about career sites, but about the websites in general. Um, And we're talking 2005. Let's call it 2000 and 2005. The two most important websites in 2000 and 2005, objectively, in the US especially, were Google and Amazon. They got scads of traffic. They got scads of news. They got lots of use, lots of value. People adored them. They were two of the ugliest sites you've ever seen. Google's, first off, Google's first logo. Whew, yikes. Uh, yeah, that only, that nice design where they change the logo all the time. That's relatively recent. For a long time, it was atrocious clip art level design, and it was clean. It was nothing on it. It was, that was their shtick in the days of Yahoo and, and all the other portal sites where you put as many links and stories and ads and doohickeys on your site. You look like a NASCAR gone crazy. That was, the, that was the, the version of the time. Google was the antithesis of that. They went as clean, as austere, and as fast as humanly possible. They didn't care about whether you saw an ad for something else. Their job was to get you to where you wanted to go as fast, as humanly, and sometimes overly humanly, possible. And Google was amazing for that. I wonder if that led to anything good. Oh, yeah, it did. That speed, that functionality led them to have a great ad network, which, by the way, has more money than, I don't know, anybody you've ever met and all everyone we've all met combined. <laughs> Google has all the money. Amazon, ugly site, it's different kind of thing, that beigey kind of boring. Go do a, 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 a Wayback Machine design, Wayback way Machine uh, search for Amazon. It was just chock a brock full of stuff you know, you've got um, reviews and you've got stars and you've got information and you've got related stuff and you've got other, and you can go directories. It was just a mess from a design standpoint. It was a mess. This is a site that was so bad that there's a very famous case study that when they changed the design of their one-click buy button, it, <laughs> it generated so much revenue, just that tiny little color and design text change. It generated billions of dollars, billions with a B over time because the site was so bad, the call to action was so bad. But why did people show up? Because they were getting value. They're deciding between two books, two CDs, more than those. I don't know. They're researching, oh, if you like this book, you might like that book. That was function, there was value. The problem with career sites is the similar idea. We're spending so much time worrying about, does it align with our brand design, that we stop to wonder, is there functionality? And then when we do put functionality in it, we, no one ever asks, is this enough functionality to make someone search this out? Because the answer is almost always no. Almost always. Career sites are almost the exact same cookie cutter shape. Here's a hero image of somebody smiling, right? Uh, They're working. They've got a business casual, business professional outfit on. Sometimes there's one. Sometimes there's three. If there's three, there have to be a couple of different genders and or colors. Great. Got to check those boxes. Um, No one's unhappy. No one is serious. They're working productively, either smiling or working productively in a pleasant manner, right? There's your hero image. And then there's a tagline um, using words like discover, find, create, grow join joins my favorite joins everywhere right join 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 like it's the boy scouts um okay below that you've got maybe some text explaining who this brand is if any of that and then directly to a job search because you know people showed up to this site for a job search except no they don't they go to indeed and they go to linkedin and they go to glassdoor and they go to places where your jobs mix with a bajillion other jobs so they can find exactly what they want first again no one's going to your career site below that maybe a story or two you've probably got a video or two maybe even three um they're usually short they're talking heads they're usually produced worse than a target ad better than a phone right there's that 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 spot in the middle where someone has a camera (laughs) it's like the career site was designed and developed and launched by people who say i've got a barn. let's put on a show I've got a camera, let's make a video. No one said what we need is a video. What they said is I have a resource, let's figure out how to use it. Now, to be fair, I love that thinking. I love that constraint-embracing thinking that says what are the resources we do have access to and let's figure out how to maximize it. Except they don't go that far. What they say is I've got this resource, let's just use it. Not about how to maximize it or how to think things through, how to do things differently because if you look at all the career sites and they're all the same, your goal number one goal is to be different. They just do it. They do it because everybody else does it. Honestly, if you if, if I had the power of you know the magic wand and I could wave it over all career sites and I would say, here are the following things that can't be different, videos would be the first one. They have to be gone, they have to be banished. Gone videos. Until you can do something interesting or different or valuable, gone. They waste resources, they waste real estate on the site, assuming anybody shows up, and they're not doing you any favors. Unless you can do something interesting and different, don't bother. All right, below the videos, you've probably got, I don't know, some boilerplate about the company, maybe some career areas. Here's our section on accountants, and here's our section on actuaries, and here's our section on IT, or whatever. And that links to some very, very lame, boring, clean, marketing-approved copy that says nothing, and again, everything has a link to jobs. Maybe you ask people to join their talent community, which, of course, you've given them no compelling reason to do so, and you're stunned when you no one joins. And then when they do join, you don't do anything with it, and you're stunned why you spent that money. That's an episode for another day. Oh, by the way, I did that already. Talent communities, it's uh, about two months ago. That's a career site. Boring. Oh, my goodness, boring. Oh, my goodness, boring. Now, again, I'm old enough to remember the days in 1995 and four where there was a thing called brochureware. Up until before the turn of the century, everybody had a website, but it was effectively a brochure that they copied, stuck it on a digital format, bought a domain, and said, we're done. They changed it once every blue moon. When marketing got around to changing the brochure every year or two, they went and changed the website. Well, career sites have effectively become the same thing. They're not interesting. They're not valuable. They're not providing any functionality. They're not providing any value to the visitors. Thus, they have no visitors, right? So, let's get make this worse. It's not just that you have a bad career site. And it's not that it's bad. It's just a meh. It's a whole lot of meh, eh, I guess. Ugh. It's a lot of wallpaper paste. The problem, of course, is that all of your functionality that is on your career site is probably replicated four or five other places those people who want to sell you the way of pushing your jobs to Facebook on a separate tab there's your whole career site right there that's, let's be fair no one wants to go to your career site for any other reason to, than to find jobs and to validate information and all that's that all those tasks can be accomplished other places so why would they go to your career site your jobs are on every job board where they should be if you're doing your job, <laughs> right? You spend all that time and money and energy making sure all the jobs go places and then you're stunned. No one shows up to your site. Wacky. Excuse me. There's more coffee. Mm. One day I'll become famous and this podcast will become famous and someone will do a supercut of all the stop I need to take a drink of coffee and mm moments of all these podcasts and I will be mortified. Anyway, I'm telling you, I don't script any of this. There is no editing, by the way. You get that, right? It's just me. Um, All your stuff's on job boards. All your stuff's on Facebook. All your stuff's on, you know, some of you are putting on Twitter. I say don't do that, but some of you do it anyway, whatever. Um, All your stuff's out there. How many people look for jobs on Google? Not jobs at Google, like Google Jobs, but are looking for jobs on Google. Go to Google.com and they type in uh, Boston Nurses or what have you. A good number! You know the numbers that say every website visit starts with a search is staggering. Now I don't have most recent data but there was a time in which at least three quarters of all website visits started with a search. Whether it was a search on Google or YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn or Glassdoor or Indeed or whatever, they started with a search. They started with an action. Now, I don't know if that number's gone up or down, but that's still a huge, huge bar. People go on the web to do a thing. What are they doing? What do you want them to do? All your information's other places. All your employer brand stuff seems to be on Glassdoor and LinkedIn, right? Maybe you've got a little something on Facebook. Maybe you've got a website. Maybe you've got a news story. Someone said something positive about you. Maybe one of your people wrote a book and maybe you're going to say something about it. It's other places. The goal of your career site is not to get everybody on a central location, it's to get them where they are. It's to go be everywhere. So there used to be a thing called, and I say used to be, even though it's still very true and most people use it, but I don't think they should, it's called a hub and spoke model of ecosystem. You're on Facebook to drive people to a website. You're on Twitter to drive people to a website. You're on YouTube to drive people to a website, get the picture. You're on LinkedIn to get them to a website. You're on writing stories. You're guest blogging on other sites to get them to your website. Everything is about how do I lay out these little traps in other places to drive them back to my website. Now that made a lot of sense once, and I mean a lot of sense. Trust me, I sold that model and that strategy quite a bit because it made a lot of sense at the time. It made a lot of sense because the idea that, look, you don't control Facebook. So send that traffic to a place you control. There's a lot of merit to that thinking. At least there was. I don't think it's true anymore. Honestly, I think your goal is to figure out where people are, the right people are, and engage with them where they are. If they're on Facebook, talk to them on Facebook. Don't just feed them information to drive them back to your career site. Talk to them on Facebook. If you're really, you know, you want to look to the future, you want to plan on how to really engage with clients, investigate and invest in bots for Facebook manager. One third of all U.S. adults, I'm sorry, one third of all Facebook users, which let's be fair, is almost all U.S. adults and quite a few kids, have, are using Facebook Messenger. I don't like it. I think it's an insanely huge app on my phone. It's a hundred plus megs. I think that's crazy town. And there's a million other apps in which I can use to communicate with my friends and family. However, it's there. It's installed. I use Facebook, thus I have Facebook Manager or Facebook Messenger. People ping me. People ask me questions. People talk to me. They ask where I am. If they don't, can't find me on some other platform, they know they can find me on Facebook Man- Messenger. Like they can find everybody else. And if that's the case, if that's the platform people are on and people are engaging, engage with them. Don't just see your website, your Facebook, as this yet another broadcast channel in which you can stick your stories on a semi weekly basis in the hopes that it's enough bait to drive them back to the career site. It doesn't make sense anymore. That world is dead. What you have to do is engage them in the space. Now, I bring up Facebook because Facebook is the most, what do I want to say here? It is the most complex and comprehensive ecosystem all by itself. Aside from the 1.8, yes the numbers have grown, 1.8 billion monthly active users, yes there's a lot of people there, it's also a place where you can post jobs and post events and post stories and engage people one-on-one and engage people in groups and engage on video and every time Facebook sneezes they're stealing an app from Snapchat it seems and they're throwing that on the Facebook and Instagram platforms. There is no other platform more robust than Facebook. For integrating and for engaging in conversation, I want to say that again because it was kind of a thing. There is no bigger, better platform for engaging with a human being than on Facebook. Not Google. Google's about searching and finding. Google is very much a reference tool. It's about collection. It's about searching. It's about building. Facebook is about engaging. You know, last two times Facebook, or, I'm sorry. Last two times Google, and this is a tangent, but enjoy. The last two times Google has tried to do social has failed miserably, miserably, and not for lack of trying. Facebook, or Google Plus, rather. Sorry, I'm gonna confuse Facebook for some reason. Google Plus, towards the end of it, when it was just not quite taking off after the buzz had died, because no one quite circles as a great idea, but um, they were actually tying everyone's annual bonus. To how well they were helping Google Plus pay off. This is how much of an incentive plan Google put to this, which means this was the most important thing they were doing. Of the bajillion things they were doing self driving cars and phones and, and search and ads and all that stuff getting social right was one of the most important things on their plate. That's stunning, especially since it failed. You know? In my head, Google is an infinitely big room of infinitely big geniuses typing in infinitely complex computers. You'd think of anybody who could figure out how to get it right, it would be Google. I'm going to trust them with my, gosh, on my Gmail, I've got got all my taxes backed up. I've got my personal information backed up. Um, On my documents, I could build a whole business, and many of you have built businesses on it. You trust Google. You think they have their big geniuses, and if they can't get social right, yikes. So there you go. So Facebook is a huge platform, is probably, I'm sorry, is the platform, at least in the Western hemisphere, because I do not speak any of the Chinese tongues and thus I do not know any, or Japanese and I don't know anything about Tencent and, you know, the Asian social platform, so I can't even speculate. They own WhatsApp, they own Instagram, they own everything. They have a completely complex ecosystem. Engage with it, don't just use it as a broadcast channel. People who use Facebook, especially on the career side, who use it just to tell stories are people who won't go and figure out where is the storefront with the most walking traffic, with the most foot traffic, where the most people are walking by, which is smart thinking, right? That's what you want to do. You're going to build a store. Go where the people are. You don't go in the middle of nowhere. You go in the middle of downtown. The rent's more expensive, but it can be worth it. But the people who decide to just put stories on Facebook are the same people who say, and these people don't exist, by the way, building that storefront but not letting anybody in. This is just a billboard for something else. Hey, thanks for walking by our store. Do you know that we're in the mall four miles away? That's what people who use Facebook to just tell stories and post information and drive people to other places, that's what they're doing. They're completely missing the point of Facebook. Now I have complicated relationships with Facebook. I'm not the biggest fan of its platform. I'm not the biggest fan of Mark Zuckerberg. I can't fault him for being wacky smart and wacky good at building something amazing like Facebook. I'm just not a huge fan of it for all other reasons, but to, not, to, to, to pretend to use it and not actually use it is stupid. And I don't want to use that phrase very often because I got a two year old girl. I'm trying to be careful what <laughs> language is, but that's just stupid. Think of it you've got a place where your fans are. You could talk to them one on one. You can ask them questions. You can engage them in a dialogue. You can open up a video and talk to them and let them respond and let them ask questions. Engage them in a group. You've got ways of targeting individuals with new ads. You've got photos and stories and events and all this other stuff and all you're doing is posting stories to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty feel, feeling pretty confident about that whole uh, foot traffic and only putting a billboard up model instead of building a whole store. That's what Facebook is. Now, please don't presume or read in between the lines that I think you should scrap your career site and, and just live on Facebook. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> horrible idea. But Facebook is an incredibly complicated, complex, comprehensive, lots of C words, ecosystem by itself you've got to use their platform but there are other ecosystems if you can believe it twitter actually an ecosystem not a huge one linkedin now that it's bought by microsoft linkedin's I mean, yeah and and i hear you saying linkedin is a love him hate them kind of model and i buy that but now that microsoft owns it it's now effectively the hub of a very different complex ecosystem a year from now when everybody who's got LinkedIn gets a free Outlook email address, uh-huh, and every time you log into that Outlook email address to communicate with someone, it connects to LinkedIn so it knows he can show you the bio and the recent updates and news about everybody you're about to communicate with. Uh-huh, that's happening. Suddenly, LinkedIn is the hub for a brand new ecosystem. This is why Microsoft bought it. Microsoft doesn't have a no social platform, they have no social model, but they do have an office model because they bought Office, (laughs) they own Office, they wrote Office, that's them. So they're going to figure out how to integrate LinkedIn in in Office. And in that case, what is your job as a recruiter to get people to come to the Office? Your job is not to get people to look at pictures of your cute cats and your funny memes about the kid from Duke, the 12-year-old Duke crying at the end of the, the basketball game, though that was hilarious. It's about work. Facebook is still not a work focused despite their efforts to build one. It's still not a work-centric social platform. It's a, so, it's a personal social platform. LinkedIn is still the place to go for work stuff. That ecosystem is happening. Glass door, again, love them or hate them, it is the hub of information. They keep expanding they keep growing and offering features. You can put content on there. You can put ads on there. You can do promote your jobs. You can also let other people find out what they're worth based on their job title and experience. It's a complex ecosystem be on it. Again, don't just post your content and say we're done. You have to engage with people. And I I know Glassdoor is kind of weird because there's a one <laughs> there's a weird model by which they have developed a engagement where someone leaves a review and you respond and that is the end of that conversation, there's still a lot of wiggle room. First off, what percentage of you are even engaging in those and responding to those reviews, good, bad, and ugly? If you're not, start. I mean, that's lowest hanging fruit you can imagine. Huge engagement by engaging with people who are saying negative things and positive things. Thank them. Appreciate them. Say something. Explain what the situation is. Don't use Um, Well, we're sorry you feel that way because that's not an apology. Do me a favor if you're interested in getting the Glassdoor reviews and interested in learning how to read them or respond to them rather. Go read uh, Jay Bear's B-A-E-R, Hug Your Haters. It is the best book on how to think about how to respond to people who are negative. As they say, the complaints are a, a gift because they tell you how you get better. So go get good at that part. None of this is connecting your, I mean, it connects your career site if people care about that, but none of it has to. On almost all these platforms, you can engage with people, you can talk to people, you can ask them, you can show them a job, you can have them apply on every one of these platforms, I think. I don't know if I can't remember if you can apply on Glassdoor. Oh, heck, we forgot Indeed. Indeed. You know, the biggest job board in the, in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, you can rate them, you can review them, so a lot of Glassdoor features. You can apply for things. You can hold your resume. It's an ecosystem all by itself. If you're just using it to push and promote your jobs and that's all you do with it, you are again missing out, right? Does it make sense? And this is just social. There's plenty of other places you engage. Look, let's go old school. You're at a hiring event. You're serious about this hiring event. This isn't just something you're doing to check a box. This is something you really think you can find the next 10 applicants at. Let's say it's a career fair, it's a great university, and you think you can find the next couple of programmers at this university or a couple of whatever, I don't care. You're going to get serious about this. And when I say get serious about this, I mean you're going to show up to this booth, you're going to have your biggest, smilest face, you're going to wear your good outfit but not too good because you don't want to look too much like a suit. You're going to be there for them and try to talk to them and explain to them. You're going to put a hat of that university on your head to show that you get it. Now, what happens is when someone shows up, a serious person who wants to get a job with you, or at least considering you, you don't say, I'd love to talk to you, but I can't, so go visit our website. Of course not. You're not an idiot. You're a highly trained professional recruiter. You're going to engage them. You're going to have a conversation with them. You're going to answer the questions. You're going to ask some questions on your own, right? You're going to ask them who they are, what they care about, what books they're reading, what they're doing, what their goals are. You want to make sure you're creating matches. You know, Again, you're a pro. You're a damn good professional recruiter. You know that? If no one's told you that lately, damn good. Congratulations. You would do that right. You wouldn't just say, I'd love to talk to you. Here's my business card. Go find me on the career site and go read up on it. You would never say, yeah, here's an, I, I would love to answer your question, but we cover that on the career site. Here, just go read it. You wouldn't even say, oh yeah, here's the answer to that and turn around and open up the laptop sitting on that table that's always been in that booth to show them they can read it themselves. No, you would engage them where they were. This isn't new thinking. I'm pretty darn smart, but I'm no genius at this. I didn't invent anything here. I'm simply saying, look, the smart thinking that worked at the event is exactly the kind of thinking that will work on your social channels. The fact that it's Facebook means nothing. Engage them like it's an event. Engage them like you're talking to people at at an event. Simple as that. If you spend your time trying to drive everybody to a career site, one, you're going to spend a lot of energy getting them where they don't want to go and where you're not giving them a lot of value. And two, that's resources wasted engaging them where they are. So not a huge podcast, but I think I got my point across. I hope. Who the heck knows? Um, the, The truth is stop worrying about your career site. Your career site can be boring and ugly. They don't need to have the videos and the hero images. You don't, you know, unless you've got real functional value, and there are sites that have real functional value, and I'm thinking of, oh, here, before I let you go, let me talk you through this problem. I'm not going to talk about this company. I'll probably give it away by accident because <laughs> you know I don't script this. So a company, you know it, you ever, your mom knows it, everybody knows this company, uh, trying to develop, trying to hire coders in the Valley, which is of course the most overfished pond in the known universe. Oh man, have I, have I shared my theory that what you need to do if you're if you're this company, don't try to build a coding center in the Valley. That's crazy. Do it in Iowa. Do it in Madison, Wisconsin. Do it in University of Minnesota. Go to a nice big public Midwest university and build a coding center there and hire every computer science graduate who comes out of those programs, who are, by the way, are darn good and darn cheap. And if you gave them half the perks you gave basic entry-level coder in San Francisco, they would kiss your feet and would not know how to respond. Build there, just as good coders build yourself your own little hub anyway that's my tiny little rant that's two today anywho this company is trying to hire coders in the valley again what are you gonna do come people you can't teach um huge company huge brand name no one thought of them for tech they thought of them for other things not about tech OK, that's the situation. So they develop this, situ- they, you know, they set up a coding facility and a tech facility in the valley, and they want to attract people who know the name but don't think about them for tech. So what do they do? They build a microsite. And they build a great microsite, which is effectively a test to see if you can code, we would love to talk to you. Now, is there anybody in San Francisco Valley who doesn't know how to code at this point? <laughs> Everybody knows how to code. <laughs> Um, I mean, I would assume everybody just puts HTML and CSS and JavaScript and C++ and and Ruby on Rails in their resume just to get in the door, uh, whether you know it or not, but whatever. Everybody knows how to code. This idea that there's a test to see if they're good coders, you can't really evaluate people in the three minutes and make it feel like a game. It's really hard to do. On top of which, let's pretend, magic wand again, that you could actually build this microsite that had a great evaluation assessment coding thing that one out of 20 coders could actually get right. And when you identified, and by the way, it didn't feel laborious. It felt interesting and fun and clever. And when they got through it, you could find ways of actually finding out their personal information so that you could connect them to a Recruiter immediately. Okay, magic wand time. We made that. Why in, ugh, Why would you build it as a microsite? Why? Because the microsite, you know, you, you, you notice the word micro there. That's all it was. It was just this little game. It was just a tiny little game. And there wasn't any content or context around it beyond this idea that we wanted to hire coders. So we made this microsite with a brand new URL and everything, and we made it small. Now microsites are notorious for being forgettable sites, meaning five minutes after they're launched, everybody in the company forgets they're there. Five minutes before the site gets launched, is the most important thing in the world. The five minutes afterwards, everybody forgets it exists. And it sits. And it languishes—I love language—languages and without any kind of connection. Maybe you have a, somebody kind of promote it on ads and kind of show it around, but really it's no longer a thing. Building it was the thing. You came up with the amazing assessment. You came up with the site, and then you let it go. Content marketers out there will know that the, the joke is as much time as you spend developing content you should be promoting your content. It's not a 90% 10%. It's a 50/50 split. So for if I spend 45 minutes building a podcast, I had better spend at least 45 minutes promoting it. Otherwise no one's going to use it. Microsites put 99% of their resources and budget into building the thing and then occasionally they just say we'll, we'll tack it on to other promotions and everybody goes, "I don't know why it doesn't work." Well, Well, it's separate. It's like putting your bathroom in a different floor of a different building and wonder why it doesn't get cleaned very often. When you're in the middle of cleaning the rest of your house, you forget that there's this other bathroom over there because it's so far away, out of sight, out of mind. Why not take that same thinking, that same amazing functionality, and stick it on your website? Why not show non-coders that you are serious about tech? If it aligns with your bigger brand that you care about innovation, it reinforces that brand. It reinforces that idea. You don't want to talk in one way to one audience in a completely different way than you talk to another audience and thus you keep them separate. You have to talk to them all in the same space. On top of which, by putting that functionality inside your career site, it's a reason to show up to the career site. It's a reason. It's functionality. It's value. I know it's only going to, quote unquote, appeal to 1% of your audience. Who cares? Any one of those videos only, appeal if they're any good, any video should only appeal to 1% of your audience. Stop making the appeals to 80% of my audience videos, nobody cares about those. You've got to talk to people, but you've got to make sure that what you're saying isn't out of whack with the rest of everything you're saying, right? You can't just stick it on a microsite and say, I'm going to talk with a whole new special language to this audience because they only understand it. It won't connect. It won't make sense. You'll forget about it. It'll just sit out there. The thinking and, and, and resources of the amazing functionality will be lost forever. Four years from now, someone will say, we should come up with a site that lets people code, and maybe if they're good coders, we'll hire them. And someone will say, didn't we do something like that once? That'll be the story, and it's sad. Put it where it matters. Take that code, make it embeddable. Stick it on everything that moves. Stick it on a Medium site, (laughs) medium.com. Stick it on a Tumblr. Stick it on anything. Put it everywhere. Make it part of your conversation. That's what a career site is. It's not a site. It's an ecosystem. It's taking that information, that functionality, and scattering it as many different places and reframing it and re-embedding it in the place that matters. So the way you talk to people on Facebook isn't the same way you talk to people on LinkedIn. That's fine. The core message is gonna be the same. The idea that it's leading you toward is going to be the same, but you're gonna talk to these audiences differently. And then, you know, talk to them. All right, I put seven extra minutes on this episode that I thought was going to be short. Thank you, Ben. for asking the question that sparked this conversation in my head now you have a sense of where my brain is and you have understands how sad that is for me um if you're still listening thank you so much for reviewing the site please 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 please. you're getting this for free hopefully you're getting some value the only thing i ask in return is that you review this site and share it with people just let other people know um, as always, I'm on the Twitter at the War for Talent. Uh, the website is thetalentcast.com, thetalentcast.com. There's thes on both of those. I'm sure that means something. Um, let me know if there are any questions you have or things I can answer or conversations we can have. Um, my whole life is about to turn upside down next week, so I'm going to try to figure out how to keep this podcasting schedule up. If you care, you can find out about it on LinkedIn. I'm not going to talk about it here. Um, otherwise, I will see you all next week, hopefully, or hear from you, hopefully. Share it, let me know what I can do to make this better, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance.